0: Lord have mercy, ladies and gentlemen. Season 3 of Chewing the Gristle with yours truly, Gregory Stephen Cock Esquire, is at hand. We got a bunch of great guests lined up once again. We'll be talking some guitar. I'm sure we'll talk about food. I'm sure we'll talk about hilarity. That's just what's going to happen. So thanks for tuning in. Let's get into it. Brought to you by our good friends at Wildwood Guitars in beautiful Louisville, Colorado and Fishman Transducers of beautiful Andover, Massachusetts. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this week on Chewing the Gristle, we have Angela Petrilli, guitar player extraordinaire, guitar influencer. You've seen her all over the place online. She's got her new band, Angela Petrilli and the Players, hailing from Los Angeles, California. Angela Petrilli. Wow! Did you see that, ladies I and gentlemen? I like
1: the countdown. That was great. <laughs> it was
0: powerful, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Another installment in the chewing the gristle world. We have the mighty Angela Petrilli with us today, guitar potentate, influencer, slinger. Uh, you know how do you feel about that term influencer? You know, people said, I, I suppose it's a it's a it's a term of uh, endearment and one of uh, honor. I would imagine. But it just seems so weird to me. I just wanted to be a guitar pagan warlord. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. The way I I find the word influencer very strange. I don't do the music thing to be.
0: Right. An influencer.
1: I I, I do it because I love it. So the way that I like to answer that question is I'm an artist making art.
0: But I will say that uh, I have a longstanding reputation of, of being a bad influencer when I was a child. But now apparently that's not the case. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a wholesome thing.
1: <laughs> well, we're, we're happy, Greg. We're happy that you are influencing, influencing us in, in wonderful, wonderful ways. Oh, I, I gotta say I'm such a huge fan and I, so gosh, I get so crazy inspired every time I hear you play. Oh, it is, you're I, too am kind. I am serious. It is. So this is so cool to be on here with you and like chatting music. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. And now we're done and
0: just oh, well, thank you. you know I'm that. honored. I'm honored. <laughs> I've been watching your stuff online and it's been fantastic and it's great to see how well it's doing. And it's just, you know, it, it's a crazy world that we live in that we're able to play guitar on the inner Google and make a living, you know? It's
1: kind of bonkers. It's kind of bonkers, but I'm thankful every day that I'm able to do it and that it still brings me joy is right. a gift. So
0: the, the joy part is, key. I mean, you know, I've talked about this in many of these conversations that we've been having over the last year or so of doing these because, you know, you, you people's perspective as a musician uh, because of the COVID situation is kind of all over the map. I mean, obviously, in lieu of, you know, no horrible illness or family members having horrible situations as a result of the pandemic, um, you know, the idea of having to not tour uh, has forced people to be more um, proactive about using the internet to make to make dough. I personally dig. It. I mean, I was already postured in that direction anyway, so it was kind of my hand was forced to just do it more. But um, I like waking up in the morning, going downstairs, and turning on the camera, and grabbing the guitar, and you know, and saying, you know, if I really want to, I don't have to leave the house all damn day today.
1: Yeah, I got to admit I'm with you there. I kind of love it. There've been <laughs> parts. That's really nice. I'm like like currently like I'm in my gym clothes, so like right after this right. <laughs> go to the gym. You know, it it's um it's again it goes back to it's just such a gift And I'm so thankful for it that Thank God we have, you know, internet and cool computer stuff. Cause man, if, if, if we had to go through all this without it, it we'd be in uh, we'd be in big trouble, but yeah, it, it is cool. It is cool to go and just do that and set up and play. And now, are you a real technically
0: home. savvy person person to begin with, or did, was, was there a learning curve? Uh... I
1: uh, I want to give a shout out to our mutual friend Ryan. Yes, Ben Simmons. Um, he taught me everything I know with all of this stuff. I had to learn it quickly, and he is um, just such a wonderful human he is <laughs> who indeed. knows all of this so well. So, shout out to Ryan for uh, helping me get better with with the technical stuff. It's it's a slow and steady thing. I feel like I'm always a student.
0: Oh, absolutely. Without Ryan, we would have been doomed.
1: Doomed. Completely doomed. So thank you, Ryan.
0: Yes. He is a uh he is a mystical soul and a great he musician is. in his own right. He sings great. He plays great. He's such a great songwriter. Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome.
1: We love you, Ryan.
0: We love him, Ryan. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how so you went to school at UCLA, correct? No. I did so yes. were you you were musically oriented at that particular point in time? Did you want to do music? And then what what was that all about?
1: So I picked up a guitar at nine. So my mom plays a little bit. And I remember as a kid, she would always um, have a guitar around. She had this really big. she still she still has it. It's a it's beautiful guild. And I remember, gosh, I was like four years old and watching her play and just being like, "I can do that." It was like breathing to me. And kind of had the bug real early. My dad isn't a musician, but he's a big music appreciator. So like Stevie Ray Vaughan was on a lot and lots of really, really great music. Yeah. So definitely uh, positively influenced by them as far as music is concerned. But yeah, when I went to school, um, I love music, but I also love a bunch of other stuff. To. So I studied communications while I was at UCLA and I find people incredibly fascinating and just the interpersonal relationships that we have and how media works, all that stuff. I find it fascinating. So I wanted to get my degree in that, but I paid my way through school by playing gigs and <laughs> teaching. And all uh-huh. that
0: stuff. No, so are you from Southern California then?
1: I am. I am one of the rare unicorns. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles.
0: Aha! Uh-huh. Now you—you uh, you don't have any siblings, just you.
1: I have a younger brother, who does a completely opposite um, work thing. So he's yeah, he's in biomedical engineering. So uh-huh. he, got, he got the other side of the brain. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so were your parents very supportive about your musical leanings.
1: I I'm so fortunate to have just the best parents. Ever. They're just the coolest. And yeah, they're like, they're friends now, you know, growing up, they were tough and very strict, uh, but they were still cool. But yeah, we, I, I think, you know, as a child gets older and becomes an adult, it's, it's, it's a really cool relationship to have with my parents. We're, we're buddies. So really thankful for that. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They come to shows and stuff. They came to my last show um, last week at the Mint here in Los Angeles. They had a great time. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. It's
0: interesting because my parents at first were not thrilled. They were always supportive. You know what I mean? They always, you know, if I wanted lessons or, you know, I went to school for music and they were supportive, but they always, you know, would talk to the teachers saying, for the love of God, will you talk them out of this career path? This is right, insanity, right. you know? <laughs> and then it got to be the, the opposite. Like, I couldn't go in anywhere without my dad going, do you know who my son is? I'm like, for God's sake, Dad. Pipe down. <laughs> they don't know who I am. It's great. It's, it was, but it was, <laughs> I mean, it would be anywhere, you know, and it would, he would just start, and I'd be like, oh, I appreciate it. And he used to get so pissed off if there was, like, ever a, a list in the local paper about musicians, and I wasn't it. He goes, what the hell's wrong with these people? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's some pretty awesome support. That's pretty yes. great.
0: <laughs> so it, it fluctuated as yeah, you can see over totally. time. But <laughs> <laughs> bless them. So tell us a little bit about, you know, you get you go to school, you get you, did you get your degree in communications then?
1: I did, yes.
0: And so at that point, were you looking for a job in that realm or you're like, screw it, I want to be a musician, or you're gonna kind of juggle whatever kind of happened.
1: I did. It's a, it's a funny story. So I, I, I took a year off to do the music thing and I'm like, okay, if it doesn't work out in a year, I'm just going to do the nine to five thing. I was super naive and like out of college. Cause it obviously does not take a year for things to properly happen and cultivate. So that was stupid. And um, yeah, so I was, I was playing a lot sessions, gigs, all of that. And A year was rolling about and I said, okay, this is going to become a hobby. So I'll, you know, I'll still gig and all of that, of course. Um, And then I happened to stumble upon this cover band and they were looking for a, a lead guitarist. And it was a country cover band and country is completely out of my comfort zone. And it was a gig that I was looking for. I wanted to play in a band that was in a genre I was not comfortable with. So country, Perfect and joined the band and then from there i met the lead singer her name was jenny pagliaro and we hit it off and we started roses and cigarettes together this was a band we were together for like six years and um it was an awesome awesome part of my life but at, right before we started the band i was working nine to five for a comic-con i worked for a comic-con company and did sales and marketing and pr and all of that And yeah, it was a, it was a jack of all trades kind of job, like right out of college. And it was fun until it wasn't anymore. And I distinctly remember sitting at my desk one day and I go, Oh, I'm making all this money. I'm traveling a lot. This is great, but I'm not happy. I'm just not happy.
0: Right. So you you said, I'm out.
1: I said, see you later. And left and haven't looked back. And I, it, it was incredibly frightening and scary. And my parents thought I was a little nuts, um, particularly my dad, thought I was a little crazy. Um, but I told them and I remember sitting them down. I go, listen, I know this is going to work. I don't need you to trust me. And they did. And I'm just, yeah, so thankful every day that, that things are you know coming together and that I'm able to play and do all this stuff and meet all these wonderful people. It's truly thankful every day. I got to pinch myself.
0: So is there a prerequisite to be in your band that you have to have an Italian last name? Is that kind of a thing?
1: (laughs) We laughed about that all the time. We laughed about it all the time. Um, The answer is yes.
0: (laughs) Excellent.
1: It's fun. You know, it's, 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 it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. There's not, there's not many Italians here in LA. So it was, it was pretty funny. And I, when I answered the ad, I saw her last name and I go, okay, she's Italian too. So if I could win over the lead singer, I think I got this gig.
0: Ah. (laughs) So it ended up working out. (laughs) So you've got a lot of like, you know, like classic rock influences in in your playing and uh, you know, that's probably not, what a lot of your people your age were into, right, growing up? Were you kind of a loner or no?
1: No, I was teased constantly in school for listening to The Beatles. Oh, I'll never forget, like, second grade. You listen to The Beatles? Like, uh, yeah, cuz they're awesome, right. you know. But that's what I grew up listening to. My folks listened to a lot of classic rock. My mom is from Detroit and, you know, Detroit rock city. Saw Zeppelin and Queen and just all these amazing concerts. My dad grew up in LA. He saw Leonard Skinner at the Palladium here in LA and he was, you know, had his arms on the stage. Um so so yeah, I mean that was truly um that cultivated the, the the music that I really like and the music that I love to play that really speaks to my soul. Um, so yeah, very grateful to them for that, but yeah, it was, uh, even still some of my friends when we used to have iPods would go through and they're like, who's muddy waters, I'm like someone you need to listen to is, who he is. So, well, if it makes it you feel any better, that.
0: me growing up in, uh, I went to high school in the early eighties and it was the same for me. Everyone that, that I went to school with, I was like the youngest of seven kids. So I was like a, a boomer by default, even though now I'm now I'm adamant of saying, I'm not a boomer, I'm Gen X. But back then I was like, I'm totally a boomer, right? Uh, and uh, everyone my age was like the oldest in their family. So they were, none of them knew the music. It was just so weird, even though it was only like 10 years before was when a lot of this stuff was being made. But by the you know early 80s, I mean, these people, they didn't know who, I mean, I always used to make the joke that you know I was the only one in my high school that knew that Greg Ullman wasn't just the guy that was married to Cher. You know what uh, I mean?
1: Right, right.
0: You know, it was it was just so weird. I mean, being into the Beatles and the Stones, and you mentioned Muddy Waters. I God, I remember being at a jazz a jazz camp, um, and I was listening to a lot of Muddy Waters at the time. And I have my, you know, I was going to sleep at night and I had my thing playing a little bit before it was going. I was playing Muddy Waters and I was, I fell asleep. And the next morning I hear these other roommates talking. They're like, you hear that weird shit he's listening to? Who the hell is Muddy Waters? And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. What kind of parallel universe are we in? So rest assured that even though it was many years later, it's not, it's, uh, it's a, it's an interesting thing when you're around people who are, um, Uh, influenced by just the uh, flavors of the day and don't do any research as far as, you know, what kind of set the stage for what was to come. Uh, It's weird. It's weird. You You kind of feel like a loner. Am I right?
1: Absolutely. You know, and I think particularly as musicians really doing our due diligence and say there's an artist that we really like, like, you know, Jimi Hendrix, for example, I remember really just being so encapsulated by his music as, as a teenager. And, that's where I discovered Muddy Waters. I'm like, huh. So, how did he become this? And you go back and you're like, West Montgomery, who's this? Ooh, I need to go and listen. So, I, I think it's really important to do your work in history and see. And it's such a cool thing to see. And then, again, as players, you can go and pick and choose. Ooh, I like that technique that they do. I'm going to take this put it in my back pocket. Ooh, I like how they do this. I like how they hold their pick. I like how they, you know, where they place the slide on their hand, you know, these little things you can give and take. And then pretty soon you create your own voice through history. I think it's a cool thing.
0: Well, not to mention the fact that, you know, even though it's, it's interesting because a lot of people construe the mass quantity of information that is available as maybe not the greatest thing cuz it's harder for people to focus but for what for the journey that you just described we're like in the golden era because you're reading any kind of biography about anybody and they mention even the most obscure people it's like you can go on youtube and find either someone has uploaded the audio at least or the person there's live footage or all that kind of stuff so it's uh, it's kind of the the golden age i've always liked to say there's really no reason to suck at this juncture <laughs>
1: I agree. Do, you know, do your homework. Do your homework and listen. And, you know, don't just pigeonhole yourself in one genre because you never know what's going to inspire you and then lead to this Pandora's box of this just amazing technique and music and journey. It's just, it's so fun. We're always students as musicians. It
0: never ends. And you never it get never bored. Ends. No. You never get bored in that regard.
1: Never. Never. <laughs>
0: never. <laughs> It's, you know, I kind of feel bad for, uh, I like to call them normies because they just don't have the ability to. I mean, I, it's like, oh, there's nothing on TV tonight. What do I am so bored. People are like, well, I'm going to go in the other room and grab my guitar and I'll be fine. You know, I was, I think I'll learn that thing I always wanted to learn and just kind of go on here, just play along with the record, come up with a new thing, whatever. It just never gets old.
1: It never does.
0: Except for our loved ones. They think it gets old and early.
1: Oh, for sure. (laughs) Can you please turn that down? Why do you need to buy another pedal or a guitar? Like, please explain that to me. Right. I know. Yeah. I had had a friend say, but why do you need so many guitars? And like, now we're not friends anymore. So. Ah. (laughs) But they're tools. It's paintbrushes, you know.
0: But there's always that point in time that, you know, I remember it well where it's, you know, you had your main guitar, there was a spare, and then you had your acoustic. And then you had your, your main gigging amp and maybe a spare. And that was it. And you just, and then when you wanted to go in a different direction, as it were, you had to ditch the old guitar to get the new one. And then it was like a big deal. I'm switching to the Strat. Oh, You know what I mean? Then it was this cathartic. Now it's like, no, 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 just have one of everything. <laughs>
1: I, I recently, I recently bought a Les Paul, and I it's it's rocking my world right now because I've played strats for a really long time, and I I, I just felt like okay, like where I'm at in, in my playing in my musical journey, I think it's time to really invest in a in a really really awesome Les
0: Paul. So which one did you get? I got?
1: I got an, an R nine. Yes, I love it. I love yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Cool story with how I got it. So I was. Um, so I, I do videos at Norman's Rare Guitars. I just love those guys. They're like family to me. And I sold a guitar of mine to put towards a uh, Les Paul. And, you know, I played a bunch. He has some beautiful stuff in the store, but it's just not, cr- It's it wasn't quite the one. I couldn't find the one. They were great, but it wasn't mine. So I go on Reverb, which is just, you know, the ninth circle of hell, because it's just the best and the worst at the same time. It's just so great. And... <laughs> I saw a the exact color I wanted, the exact year, R9, and the exact weight, too. Because I, I, I had a big thing. I'm like, I don't want it over nine pounds. Because I'm like, I'm 5'4". I'm pretty petite. If I'm going to be doing gigs, I don't want to be, you know, right. like Quasimodo in six really months. So, so I saw it, and I saw that the guy lived about 40 minutes from me in Orange County. Oh, no kidding. So I messaged him. I'm like... And I, it's such a motto of mine. I'm like, the answer is always no, if you never ask. So I'm going to ask. Right. So I messaged him. I go, hi, um, I, I, I'm located in Los Angeles. I saw you have this R9. It's the exact one I was looking for. Would you be cool if I came in person and like checked it out? Cause it's all about the neck at that point. Cause the weight was where I wanted the color, all of that stuff, but it was all about the neck. And if I did not like the neck, I was not going to purchase this guitar. So he's like, He gets back to me in about 10 minutes and he goes, I know who you are. I've been watching your videos at Norm's for years. Please come by and check this thing out. Absolutely. It was so, so cool. His name was Steve, super nice guy. He had a really beautiful story that went along with this, Les Paul. And he goes, I'm just so glad it's going to a player and not someone who just collects and is going to have it sit under their bed. I'm so glad you're going to play this. So I, uh, I I gave him some tickets to my show that was like a couple weeks later and he came by with his daughter and got to hear it on stage. Excellent. So it was a beautiful story. So yeah, I, I I, love it. It's an
0: awesome guitar. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing when you... Um, I just remember so solid. I don't know if it was the same thing for you but it was like, you know, I remember when I was primarily a, a single coil, single coilsman and uh and then it was like okay i'm gonna switch to humbucker and there was almost like a uh a, a not a cult but there was definitely tribes you know what i mean oh yeah humbucker tribe single coil tribe you know what i mean and and it was really, it was like once you got used to humbuckers, it was kind of hard to go back to the single, I mean, back then it was to me. It was was there any kind of that with you when you switched from, I mean, certainly they play differently, obviously. Oh, of
1: course. I mean, there it's apples and oranges. I'm not going to say one is better than the other because that's just simply not true. Right. I, uh, yeah, and I, I got to say I was a little nervous because my, my fans and stuff on Instagram and on social media and all that, they know me as a strat person. So when I posted that first video with that Les Paul, there was a lot of like, oh my God. And then there was a lot of welcome to the party. We're so glad you're here. You know, so um, it's, yeah, it's, they're two completely different monsters. I remember going to uh, a band rehearsal with my my band, The Players and bringing out the Les Paul and playing some of those songs. And we all just kind of looked at each other and we're like, whoa right yeah beef beef yeah it's like that's what's for dinner right now it was yeah it it was killer it was killer so you know I'm really loving it it is taking a little bit of adjustment but man it is such a joy it's so cool to get the humbucker side of things like really in my hands and something that I can play every day Um, well plus it's it's so nice
0: now I mean it's such a great time to um to get less Pauls because you can get, I mean, they're not, they're not inexpensive, certainly. I mean, they're, but they're, I always say, you know, when people online are like, Oh my God, if I'm doing a Wildwood thing and, and I'm playing, um, you know, a Murphy aged and painted Wildwood spec, you know, whatever, they're, they're not inexpensive. Right. And you're like, Oh my God, it's just so much money. I'm like, yeah, but the real one would be half a million dollars. So, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. so what are you talking about? But you know, when I was growing up, it was so hard to, I mean, the Les Pauls that we grew up with back in the day, I mean, it, you know, in the 70s and 80s and even going into the early 90s. I mean, they started to make towards the end of the 80s, the classics and stuff like that. But it was it was really hard to get um, when you like when I finally played like old 58, 59s and 60s for reels. You realize just what a bright-sounding guitar they are, and they're like, you know, I always use the the term, you know, meaty-sounding Telecasters, and that's, that's, that's kind of what they are. Uh, people go, well, if you want a telecom, meaty telecom, just play like, No, you're missing my point. They play differently. They're a meatier guitar, but they're brighter than what we used to play back in the day because, you know... All the pickups were overwhelmed and they were muddier, mid-rangey sounding guitars, the ones we got our hands in back in the day. And, we're, and when we'd listen to Zeppelin and we'd listen to Creamy or Clapton or the Allman Brothers or Bloomfield or Peter Green or all that kind of stuff, Mick Taylor, you'd hear those guitars and like that doesn't sound like the same guitar that I'm, I'm playing. So then years went by, and all of a sudden, the custom shop just started really nailing it. And just by leaps and bounds, they were making them closer and closer and closer to what they were back in the day. So that now when you get, you know, you, you play some of these old, uh, these, um, sorry, these custom shop guitars, they're pretty awesome. They're pretty doggone close. Now, are they, I mean, when you play the old one, you play a new one, you're going to notice a difference. Some less than others, you know, but not all the old guitars were great either. You know what I mean? Right. So. Right. But it's just kind of the golden age to be able to actually go out and get a Les Paul and and get you know a good percentage of the experience without amring a kid or without sacrificing you know bodily parts to um, yeah. the black market in order to purchase one.
1: I'd like to keep my kidney, right? You know, in,
0: in case I need the other one.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's good to have them both. Uh, But yeah, it it is, it is super cool. I mean, like, you know, again, those Murphy labs are killer. They're killer. They sound great. They look great. Yeah. It is, it it is quite, we're quite lucky to be in an age to be able to, to get these kind of guitars and play them. It's great. It's
0: It's fantastic, but it never ends. No, it doesn't. I got to tell you, I, you know, I got to think for Les Paul's, even though I don't, I rarely play them out. You know, just because of the nature of what I do, I don't. You know, I I will bring one out. You know, if I'm if I'm driving, you know, but if I'm flying, you know, I usually bring, uh, you know, a couple of my reverends. I might bring uh, a Lester, but usually not. So, uh, but I love, I just love them. I guess you know, for so many years I was the you know doing the Fender stuff, and not that it was it was verboten for me to play other guitars. It certainly wasn't, but I had to travel all the time, and um, do shows with my band, and then it'd be intermixed with, with doing some clinics with Fender or some appearances with Fender. So if I'm bringing a guitar, I'm bringing a Fender guitar. So it didn't really make sense to me to spend at that time, you know, three grand was the amount you'd spend on a, on a Les Paul. And of course, it's, you know, it's doubled and tripled and so on, but still. Um, so just to make any sense to hemorrhage that cash to buy a guitar that I would not play all that often. And then when I started doing the videos for Wildwood, and then then they were around, and I'm like, I'm getting them. And but still, I a lot of times I go to bed at night, and after I do my Wordle, have you have you joined that crazed world of the world?
1: No, I see the squares, and I'm like, not sure what that's all about. Once you go but,
0: in, Angela, it's over with. Okay,
1: see, I'm gonna, you got to draw the line somewhere. Like I had to, I, I started the TikTok a couple months ago. Oh and I'm yeah, like, I. I like that is the line. That like, is the line. Well,
0: tell me, are you are you posting stuff on TikTok or no? What
1: I, I repost what I do on Instagram because it fits. You know, it fits the uh, the platform. I'm not going to sit and dance. Tell you that much. Well, not was, doing that on TikTok.
0: My daughter does some pretty funny stuff on TikTok. Um, I scroll. I've, I've, I've posted like four videos, and I was really thinking about. Well, maybe I'll use that as the as the format for my deranged activities. You know, if just do some rando crazy, you know, stuff on there. But oftentimes I'll just go on there and I'll just surf. And I'm just like convinced that that justifies my belief that the fall of Western civilization is right around the corner.
1: There's uh there's some pretty <laughs> wacky stuff on there. It is. It's just a wormhole of like, Oh, I've always wondered what it would be like to build my own desk, you know, just all this random stuff. Like, ha, huh, I never know. I could bake a cake in a microwave. Okay.
0: Right. <laughs> But how about just the, the constant reposting of those Kurdish dudes at that wedding dancing? Have you seen that one? Up, and up, and go. And they're doing that. Too. Oh, for the love. Of it. I was singing that song to my wife. I go, I don't even know what they're singing in that song. And she's like, stop it. You know, because often, the, you know, I drive my wife insane with just my random deranged songcraft in the morning. And uh, this morning, that was, that was the one. What I was going to say about the Wordle before the caffeine took over. Actually, before the Wordle, I was going to say, I always go on the Wildwood site and I go to their Les Paul page. And I'm just scrolling through, looking at all the Les Pauls, and it's a problem. But now getting to Wordle, Angela, it is so much fun. It's five five-letter word. You start off, and then it lets you know what letters are in the right place or what letters are in the word. And I can't believe I'm talking about this. But, you know, my wife got me to do it. She started doing it, and I'm like, I'm not doing anything called Wordle. I'm not doing anything that other people do. I'm tired of it. Then I tried it, and now I'm done. I, every freaking day, I'm at it. They gotcha. They got me. That's it. I'm just a mine. I'm a sheeple now. (laughs) Woo. Wow. We got there,
1: folks. We got there.
0: So I was going to, you know, I should probably know this stuff, but I I don't. So, you know, when we do the Wildwood videos and stuff, I just pretty much play whatever I want to play it. Most of it's my own stuff, but I will allude to a little morsel of somebody else's stuff. But You know, we don't monetize any of those videos. It's never been a problem. And then I see, you know, Rick Beato did some uh, videos where he's like, oh, they shut me down because I use this and this and this and this. And and I never really, I didn't really listen to what was going on there because, you know, like most guitar players, I have my head so far up my own ass that I have, (laughs) I didn't really say that, did I? I think I did, and I meant it. Anyway, so I'm curious, you know, for your situation, when you're doing uh, uh, songs and demonstrating songs of other people, how does that work? Do you have to get permission for all that stuff? Or is it just they just share the revenue of the of the video?
1: They share the revenue. Okay. They share the revenue. It's great. You know, it's it's obvious it comes from, you know, it's a from a teaching perspective. Um, yeah, some of them get that like, hey, like check mark, you you know, we'll have to share the monetization. They're not gonna, you know, take it down. Uh, but some of them have and some of them haven't. Um so yeah, the, the algorithm. I think we're all still learning the algorithm. Um, but yeah, they haven't taken anything down, you know. For, okay, so, for you teaching, which any, is great.
0: so you haven't had any you haven't had any like issues. Next. Okay.
1: No, I've not had any issues as of you know. Knock on wood. I've, I've been I've been okay.
0: Because you know what's so weird is when I'm doing one of my fishman streams and we're just playing tunes. I'll do a bunch of my tunes, but we will do a couple covers. I don't mention what we're doing. <laughs> we certainly don't do them like they were done. And after the stream, they're like, oh, there's this song, this song, or it will just sell the different publishing companies. So however they're able to monitor all that stuff. I uh,
1: think it's a a herd of like chipmunks who are like really good at music and they just, they know every single uh, melody. It's insane. How quickly. Monitoring chipmunks. You know, that's what I heard. I don't know. Rodents of reckoning. (laughs) They're a great band, by the way. Great band. Great
0: band. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'd like to get your perspective on, you know, posting so much online. T- tell us you know, the ups and downs. I mean, it's fun to do, as we mentioned. It's, we're so grateful to be able to do it from our houses. Um, but it's surprisingly strenuous to have to be on. Am I right? When you turn the camera on and you're on, if you're doing live things, or whatever, just that idea of this is being scrutinized. Or I just want to make sure it's as good as possible. I also need to, make, you know, watch the chat all that other kind of stuff. You're on for an hour. It's exhausting. Am I right?
1: It's, it's a lot. So it's, it's, and I, you know, again, I want to say that I love doing it. Right. It's fun. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot like last week. So that was the 15th. My live stream for Fishman was on the 15th and I had to teach and I had about three hours sleep before that went up. Do you have cats by chance? No, I do (laughs) not have cats. I had a gig the night before and I hadn't, you know, done a really big gig in a while. So of course, like a bunch of friends are out and I, you know, I, I I played the night with some friends of mine, Robert John of the Rack who are just killer that of the OC. They're awesome. So we did a show together and yeah, I, I didn't get a lot of sleep and I don't drink coffee. I'm one of those weird people, coffee, like really freaks me out so I just I don't yeah it doesn't agree with my body I never drink it in college like I just can't function with coffee so I'm like getting ready and I had everything prepared like you know two days before because I'm like I know I'm gonna be real tired and I'm gonna need to be on and be okay and it worked out great. It was super fun. It was a great live stream. And one of my buddies from, you know, Robert John of the Wreck, he texted me. He's like, dude, how did you do that? He goes, you were way too chipper for someone who had three hours sleep. And I, you know, and then immediately after that live stream, I had another gig. I had to, you know, drive to a gig. And then by the time I got back home, I was dead. I just, I just had to sleep. It's all about, it's just for me, it's. I want to make sure everything is great, whether I post on Instagram or, you know, do a podcast interview or all of those things, whatever I post and put out, I want to be proud of it. If I'm like, eh, it doesn't go up. End of story. I've got to really be behind it. So I, in order for me to do something great and to the best of my ability on that, particular day, I really make the time to make sure that I rest, whether if it's even just sitting down, whether it's, you know, going to take a walk or whatever, um, making that time to be quiet and just to recharge and refuel, um, is really, really important for me so that I can continue to be my best.
0: Yeah, I I understand. You know, and again, we're not whining folks about being able to We're just saying that you know, surprisingly, I think that that's what gets me is that surprisingly, when you're going down in your own house, you know, in you know, if you if you don't have gigs, just like a daily thing of going down, and you, just to make sure everything's working and that it looks all right, that it sounds all right, and then you're on, and you got to make sure you're you're playing great. You got to make sure you don't say anything stupid, especially in this this day and age.
1: I know you could say a
0: number of different things that could just blow the world up. I mean, not that we're that significant, but I mean, in our realms, you know, people could take things the wrong way and you know, there you go. But, um, so there's that. And then, then you're watching the uh, the, the comments, and you're like, Well, I got it. Should I respond to this one? And I got how much time do I have? And yada, yada, yada. And again, we're not whining, but by the time you're done of doing an hour of that, you're, you turn the thing off and like, Wow, that really zapped my brain.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I know for me, like, I can't really talk after, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you feel the same way. Like, years are so interactive and so much fun to watch, and they're just <laughs> – truly, they're so fun to watch. But, yeah, it is is—it is a lot, and you got to recharge because, again, if you just go, 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 you have nothing left to give. So making that space – you know, and for us musicians, going back to what you said, like, we could just go in our room and play.
0: That's it. And we feel
1: great. We can come back.
0: Oh, I dig. I dig the jams. You know, it just never gets old. You know, it's – you know I found uh and it's and it's weird I mean what are what are some of the things you've been like kind of rediscovering or just discovering as of late that you're like Man, I, I kind of heard of this, but I've not—you you, know—you do the deep dive into someone that you're like tangentially interested in, and all of a sudden you got to know everything about it. So, what has been some of those journeys as of late?
1: That person right now has been J.J. Kale for me.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, oh, yeah.
1: So I, um, I do this jam night in L.A. It's it's at this really cool bar in and Van Nuys and we're, we call ourselves the Backline Band, and it's rotating musicians, and it's just a ton of fun. So we do our set, and then we have people come up. And jam and it's just it's a ton of fun so i did that last night and on this jj kale kick i told the guys they're like is there anything when we do our set is there anything that you want to sing and play i go god i would love to do don't go to strangers tonight and that it is such a beautifully simple tune but i just love the way he sings it and the way he plays i'm just such a huge fan of his playing and um yeah we did it it was just so much so much fun just had the best time, but yeah, he's been he's been a big one for me as of as of late. The big deep dives has been JJ Kale.
0: Yeah, we used to do a little version of Crazy Mama. That's a great tune as well.
1: So many great songs. So many great songs. Yeah, he's awesome.
0: It's just so wild when you listen to JJ Kale and you're like, um, well, of course we know Clapton. Just what did the deep dive? But Mark Knopfler. I mean, there's there. It's like. Dude. <laughs> I mean there's there's being influenced by and just saying I'll take that. You know I
1: mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And and also too like so I I teach as well. I have uh, some one-on-one students and one of my students he goes here's the thing I'm just going to be upfront and honest. He goes I only want to learn David Gilmar solos. I'm like I am in, my friend. Like let's do it. And he that student Bill really pushed me to really delve deep into all of those really beautiful luscious techniques of David Gilmour, and it is that has also been such a blast to like see how his bends work and his phrasing works and just the melodies and the motifs. I could talk all day about yeah, that, but it's it just is, it's such a blast. <laughs> It's, it's like you,
0: you, all of a sudden you just go down the rabbit hole and, and go all in. And I've, I've been doing it lately. I've been going on the cheap trick deep dive lately because I did a gig with uh, uh, Dax called me up and said, hey, why don't you come out and sit in with the band with my dad. We're playing next Thursday. I'm like, okay. He was Learn this song and listen. Okay. So I learned those tunes and then I started de- delving in more because I used to play in a band like when I was 14 that did some of those songs. And I started to remember, and then I realized just how subliminally a lot of those tunes are in my brain. And then I started, and now when I go on my mall walk, like a total boomer in the morning, as I'm, you know, because it's so damn cold here, Angela, I gotta go in the mall. It's
1: I know, spo- like, I'm looking out my window right now, and there are just birds chirping and like Snow White's over here. Like, the birds how's are dead in- here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we're spoiled here in Los Angeles. But spoiled let me just part. tell
0: you what you put on a little cheap trick and you wanna keep that heart rate up, a very effective program.
1: Oh, I so yeah, that's
0: that's been kind of fun. Kind of doing fun. The God, that must have been great. <laughs> but I do like the rock music. I uh I just can't help it. You know, this some say people some say that rock is dead. And I say, you know what? They used to say the guitar was dead about two years ago, and then the COVID 19 came, and then all of a sudden the guitar is like having a renaissance of like never before. It they is such a beautiful thing.
1: It's such a beautiful thing. I am so, so happy about that. Yeah, it's great. It's great. You know, it's, it's, it's a way for us to make art and for people who, gosh, they're sitting around and they're like, what the hell am I going to do? You know, I don't know how long I'm going to be at home. Like picking up a guitar and playing it. It's a wonderful thing.
0: It's a glorious thing. It really is. And as we said, it never gets old. So when you're gigging out with your band, what kind of what kind of rig are you hauling around for your amplification and all that? Kind of-
1: so I, I I have a Hot Rod Deluxe that I've had for a I I love them I love them. Um, I've got a Vibroverb. I need to swap out. I actually, need to do it this week. I have a new um new speaker for it that I have to have put in. So, but it's just so damn heavy.
0: Oh, is it one no. of the single fifteen Vibroverbs?
1: It's a yeah, yeah. It's a reissue. Um, A very kind fan of mine sent it to me and goes, I'm not playing this if you want to use it. And I'm like, yes, please.
0: Was that the one that the Denny Diaz one that they had? Oh, man, I have one of those. That's a beast. They're
1: Great. They're great. So, so um, I use that as well. It's super fun.
0: I said Denny Diaz. I
1: know know what you meant. We're good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Premagen, (laughs) take me away.
1: But they're, they're great. So, so those are the, um, those are the two amps I use. If I'm doing, you know, if I'm going to a smaller gig, say like the, you know, just a fun, like little bar, I have a blues junior that I absolutely oh, yeah. love. Yeah,
0: yeah, I yeah. love those
1: things. They're great. Just pick that up guitar in one hand, amp in the other, and just ready to go. Um, and then as far as guitars go, I am, I had my Mustang, I, I installed some of your P90 pickups. Ah, yes. Oh my God. It sounds so good. <laughs> Blue, like blows my mind. I, I played it at my gig last week and I had so many guitar players come up to me and they're like, what are those pickups? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I know, check them out. So uh, that's what I've gotten. One of my Mustangs, I, I use it on slide for one of the tunes that I play with my band and then the the, fi- the reissue, the the R9.
0: That's what oh, okay. I've been doing. Yeah,
1: so the Strat's been taking a little bit of a break um, at my live shows at the moment.
0: So Is, is the Strat uh, fluenced?
1: Oh, yeah. I got another set coming, too, um, for my maple neck Strat. So, yeah, I'll have one on my Rosewood set and then another set on my uh, maple neck Strat.
0: So. I, I, I
1: love those. That's another set where I... Um, I brought my Strat with the Fluence to Austin. I was playing with my buddy Eric Tesper for his EP release party back in 2019. Mm-hmm. And those things were Austin approved. I, I got off stage and again, a bunch of guitar players are like, where'd you get those pickups? Nah. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was it was super killer. I just love how buttery and delicious yes. those pickups are.
0: Yes. Like, that's
1: what I think. I think buttery and delicious.
0: I like I like that kind of terminology. I'm I'm yeah. all about it.
1: Yeah. So they're they're wonderful. They're wonderful. Now how about
0: on the R9? Have you have you made the leap yet of putting the uh
1: I'm gonna keep it as is, I think. I think I'm gonna yeah, keep it one, one as is.
0: I've got I've got a uh I've got my uh 57 uh R7, I guess we should say. I uh that's got um, fluence in there. That sounds magnifico. And then I've got a uh An R8 that I kept uh, as is. Um, I I find that for gigging, I like to have the all fluence across the board because then I can go between guitars and I don't have to mess with the EQ. It sounds great. And plus, I, I, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, unless you put the treble bleed switch on the, you know, you'll lose highs as you turn the volume down. And I'm always messing with my volume control. So I, I like the fact that the fluence is that you don't lose any. Uh, Losing the highs, and then you got that second voice of doom and destruction.
1: It's just it's it's killer, and it brings I, the heat.
0: Is it I like really to does.
1: And when I need to go into a session or you know it's 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 a gig where we are like we want a good strat, I I, I bring my fluent strat, like hands down. And it is it always just so does the job. <laughs> it just it just sounds so good. It's like in my head what a strat should sound like to me. At least it's, yeah, it's good stuff. But I do want to put a set of the P90s in a Les Paul Jr. one of these days. Ah, uh,
0: yes. So, yeah. yeah. It'll,
1: it'll happen. Not quite yet, but it's definitely on the list of guitars to do. And yeah, I already told Ryan, I'm like, these are super awesome. I need to have these in another guitar. Like, this is great.
0: You know, what's kind of fun is the, um, uh, why would it sent me to do a video on one of those uh, Joe Bonamassa three pickup um, uh, customs, you know, the 57 custom, but yeah. it was Epiphone, right? And I got it and I, I just, I thought it was, I always wanted one of those three pickup, you know, Lester's, but I didn't feel like dropping 10 grand. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. I thought I'll drop 800. So, <laughs> so I bought that guitar and I loved it and I was, you know, knocking it around the house, having a good old time. And then Ryan said, Hey, why don't you send that bad boy out here and we'll we'll put three gold uh classic oh. humbuckers in there. And, and and to be honest, they had it for like a year because they were <laughs> trying to they were trying to figure out you know how to do it and what to do and they had other things going on and plus, you know, with COVID, there were supply chain issues and all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Uh but when I got it back, let me just say that um it sounds damn good.
1: Oh, and- I of course it does. Of course it does. Yeah. Yeah. Like they had, they had the Mustang for a while and Ryan's like, oh, I'll get it to you. I'm like, please take your time. I know it's going to be worth the wait. Do not worry. Like I am in no rush. I know it's going to be awesome. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Correct.
1: It's killer. It's killer. been, been loving it. So.
0: We interrupt this regularly scheduled gristle infested conversation to give a special shout out to our friends at Fishman Transducers. Makers of the Greg Koch Signature Fluence Gristle Tone pickup set. Can you dig that? And our friends at Wildwood Guitars of Louisville, Colorado. Bringing the heat in the shadow of the Rocky Mountains. Well, discuss with us, like, what's what's your typical week like? When you're, you know, how many times are you streaming during the week? You know, especially, you know, obviously, with COVID now, it's probably the gigs are... are you know, sketchy at best, right? This particular juncture.
1: Yeah, it's they're trickling in. You know, especially here in LA, it's still you know a lot of stuff is shut down and you know shortened hours and that type of thing. Um, so I'm not gigging as regularly, at least out as I used to. But again, things are like slowly coming back. I think my next gig isn't really till mid February, and then the next one after that is until end of April. Um, so, but yeah, as far as you know, streaming goes, we're both on together. So right. that happens every other week. Right. Uh for me, which together is such a blast. I've been really that's enjoying fun, that right? too. It's so fun. It's so fun. So that's been really great. And then yeah, with Fishman, that's every Saturday. So I'm I'm doing that, which is again just so fun. So so fun. And yeah, you know. Posting on Instagram, keeping the social media good. I go to Norm's now about twice a month, now that things are, again, trickling and slowly opening up, going there and just, you know, seeing the crew and hanging out and doing videos and stuff. So there's a couple more that they have to uh, release. It's always fun. It's always fun going there. Yes. Yeah.
0: But it's probably also a a great temptation as well.
1: Oh, my gosh. Of course. (laughs) You see stuff and you're like... It's really nice. God, like some of the Martins that he's gotten in recently have been just beautiful. Like some triple O's came in, OMs, which are just OMs for me, are my favorite. Um, yeah, he's he gets some pretty guitars there. It is very, very tempting. But yeah, it's it's always nice to be surrounded by like wonderful musicians, good people, and like really, really awesome
0: guitars. Yes. These are all good things. All
1: good things.
0: So, what are your plans? You know, as, as COVID starts to hopefully go away now. I mean, that's that's the hope. If we can avoid um, World War Three, you know what I mean. Things of this nature. Uh, hopefully, we can get back to some normalcy. So, what what are your plans? What would you like to have happen in the in the foreseeable future with your musical endeavors?
1: Well, I, I'd love to release. I'm really really pushing to get something released by the end of this year, some more original material uh, with my new band. So that is definitely in the works. Uh, been writing a lot of new stuff and I've been playing new stuff out at the shows and kind of testing things out, seeing if things need to be rearranged, how you know people are receptive to the music. So I always like to watch, it's the you know the calm major in me too to see like all right, how is this connecting? To people, is this telling the story I want it to musically, you know, and emotionally as well. So that's been that's been fun to see these songs grow, and 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 the songs that are you know appearing. That's how I like to say it because they just really they come to you, right. And um, it's it's really neat to see where it's going. And, and again, seeing those inspirations from those history lessons over the years, like, oh, yeah, that kind of that must have come from that. And, oh yeah, this came from this. Um, so that's been really, really exciting and very cool. But yeah, hoping to, you know, gosh, play out and do a tour. I've got something in the works for possibly May for a little mini tour. So I'd love to go out and play East Coast. I haven't been in years. I'd love to play the East Coast soon. Um yeah, I just I miss performing live and I miss chatting with people and you know, seeing how music really inspires folks, at least from the personal level cuz I mean, you and I we've seen, you know, it in the chats like right. thumbs up, like this is great, but it's just so nice to share that collectively in in in, the, in a physical you know, from a physical uh, perspective. So, yeah, I just look forward to playing out, releasing some new music.
0: Well, it's fun That's to actually see the faces melting in person. <laughs> the, it is. It's pretty the, rad. The sinew just melt away down to the Great. bone. like
1: Indiana Jones. <laughs> just like that. How creepy was that? I remember watching that as a kid, oh just being completely freaked out.
0: Yeah, that was some, um, that uh, Ark of the Covenant. You know what? Don't mess around.
1: No, don't open it, folks. Okay. The whole
0: wrath of God thing. Yeah. I'm telling you what. Careful. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cause you know, your face <laughs> you can melt. melt.
0: <laughs> your cranium will melt.
1: It's not a good look. It's not a no, good
0: look. It is not at all. So
1: no. it doesn't feel too good. So <laughs> just saying. From from you know, from watching the film.
0: So I see that you have played that the mint not too long ago. We that's that's kind of one of our places we like to play at when we um, go out there
1: good isn't that such a fun place it is fun it's such a cool club love those guys love those guys the mint yeah it's such a fun spot
0: i miss well of course all of our you know last time we were out there was right before um well it was january of uh 2020 is when we were out there and then came COVID 19 and uh i have not been out to california since then and uh actually I've, i've only really uh only really been to Florida and uh, Massachusetts, I think, <laughs> since since uh, COVID, which I don't yeah. mind because you know what I have, I, I've been very very fortunate. I haven't been to every corner of the world, but I've been to most of them, and um, you know, I, uh, I I'm glad to sleep in my own bed. Let me just I, put it yeah. that way. Yeah, it's nice to uh, it's nice to. I mean, I'm looking forward to doing stuff in a way that I uh, and I that I want to do them. You know, it's kind of weird. Like before COVID, you're always like, "Well, I got to do this, I got to do that." This opportunity come, I got to do this. Oh, you know, got to go there. And now you're kind of like, "Wait, just a cotton picking minute. I don't have to do a damn thing unless I want to do it." So it's going to be interesting to see how you know that all p- plays out going forward. And, and again, you know, and of course, I'm, I'm sure you're of the same mind. It's like, we love what's going on now. Things are great, but like that stuff could change and you might have to completely redefine what you do, how you do it, you know, as, as most right. people, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. So, you know,
1: yeah. And this was such a practice in pivoting yes. for a lot of us musicians. Like we had to pivot. It is a sink or swim kind of thing. It was, it was devastating. For most of us, right? You know, so it's yeah, interesting times.
0: It is interesting, but the moral of the story is is have as many different spigots. I like to call them spigots. Have as many of those things turned on as possible. And again, it's not not to sound all, you know, I would say it's not all about the money, but it is a little bit. I mean, you gotta eat.
1: Eating's eating's good. Eating is good. Eating's good. It's delicious. It is delicious. So as a result,
0: you got to make sure you got enough ducats coming in to afford these savory repasts.
1: And guitars.
0: And (laughs) guitars. Let's prioritize accordingly. Come
1: on, folks.
0: That's it. Diggity dog (laughs) on it. Are you eyeing up any new acquisitions as we speak, gear-wise? I
1: I mean, it's, as I mentioned, the Les Paul Jr. with the P90s. Oh, yeah. So some Fishman P90s in there. That's going to be the next one. Not yet. Because I'm still, you know, there's there's the Les Paul I just bought. So.
0: You know what? It just never, I mean, I have the the uh, additional, I don't know how much stuff set, gets sent to your house to to do videos, and then you have to send it back. But Wildwood sends me stuff pretty much every week, and they sent me two Murphys this week. Oh, my and God. two, two custom, shop, actually four custom shop fenders. And, uh, and they seem to know which ones I really, really like. It's just diabolical. And... uh they sent me this gold top. Oh, Lord. Have oh, I soul.
1: bet. I bet it's just so hideous and just. Oh, and, said, eh.
0: and then you play these things in the video. People are like, you should really own that guitar. I'm like, really? I like, mean, don't I just,
1: say that to me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Don't empower me with that kind of talk
1: that's brutal so you got i mean you got to send these back
0: i do well fortunately a lot of times what happens is i'll do the video and they'll like buy them right then and there so, so i'll get a little email going can you send that one back right away this, uh, this guy bought it And i'm like well i'm glad the videos are working uh yeah. and i'm also glad that it alleviates my temptation now i have fallen victim to a few guitars over the last couple of years but uh i've been strong for the most for the most part but
1: good for you greg
0: it's important, <laughs> but it's been weird because usually I go out to um, to Wildwood and I'll shoot you know I'll be out there four days out of the month, and I'll do like 20 to 25 guitars a day. That is usually what we would do. Needless to say, I'm not doing anywhere near that now because they'd only send me like you know four-ish a week. Uh, but the four are tempting Doggone oh, yeah. it. the Murphy stuff. Oh Lord, have mercy.
1: They're so cool. When I was at Norm's last week, he got a you know a shipment of a bunch of them. And they're just,
0: Oh, <laughs> I'm showing a particularly delightful. This is a Murphy 59, uh, slightly aged. It's got a few divots in it, but you know, nice little top on there.
1: And it looks super light too. It's not bad. It's
0: eight and a half ish.
1: That's great. Yeah. That's, that's where mine, mine comes in at that too. Mine's and eight. This, six.
0: this is the one I got. This is a 58, uh, R r eight. And, uh, this one's about eh, a little under eight and a half, and uh, but and this is a oh, this is a wildwood spec, so it's got those special pickups oh, it's in it and Beautiful, such.
1: it's beautiful.
0: Uh, but I did fall victim to this rascal this past summer. This is a custom shop Paisley uh, Telecaster, and oh, yeah. uh, being a James Burton fan, I always wanted one. And uh, you know, there's something about my, my, one of my first guitars was a '68 Telecaster. And there's just something the way that those pickups sounded back then in that particular ear that my ears are attuned to. So whenever I play a real 68 or a guitar that is a recreation, uh, it just does that for me. Just the way that it feels, the way that it sounds. So I saw that guitar and I thought, you know what? I need this Paisley guitar. So I took out part of my kidney. See? And uh, was able to afford the uh, delicious custom shopping. You should
1: have done your liver because it regenerates.
0: Well oh, that's true to an extent.: Yeah. Actually, um, having, having quit drinking many, many years ago, my liver's probably pretty good at this So even more so. Exactly. I, don't, I, need, I need less of it. I could <laughs> I could use it for getting procuring more guitars. Ladies and gentlemen, what are you listening to? We're talking about sacrificing bodily parts for guitars. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like a plan of it.
1: I mean, you got to do what you got to do.
0: That is a fact. You know, the other day, uh, Howard Dumble died. Did you ever meet Howard Dumble?
1: No, but I I know we have some mutual
0: friends. Um, yeah, I, you know, I knew guys that knew him real well. Well, my, yeah. buddies, you know, of course, I'm, you know, not to not to name drop, steady, but you know, buddies ish with Robin Ford, and of course, he's he's. Uh, um, you know, he bought those amps back in the day for like a thousand bucks, you know, because that's what like, hey, I'll I'll make you an amp. Yeah. And then my buddy Steve from Wildwood, he's got he bought two right from Alexander. And and again, of course, you know, back in the eighties, a thousand bucks was a lot of damn money. I mean, I remember when I was in you just out of high school and you could buy an old strap for twelve hundred dollars. It might as well have been twelve thousand. You know what I'm saying? That's just a whole lot of there was a whole lot of scalota back in the day. But what I thought was interesting is that you know Howard dies, which is, you know, um sad. People that knew him said he was a great guy. Some people, you know, they had different experiences with him, but we all have our issue. We all have our baggage, Angela, for crime's oh, sake. Um, but it just was so funny is that you know, I just couldn't help but thinking that boy, I certainly hope his amps prices don't go through the roof. <laughs> They're already at 150 grand. Oh my but gosh! That, you know what? That just yeah. strikes me as so bizarre. I mean, there are things about the quest for tone and this kind of religiosity about certain gear and so on and so forth, especially to play really amplified folk music. If we're honest, and right. the fact that in order for me to pro, you know, to get the best blues tone I can get, uh, which was, you know. I'm going to need to get this $150,000 amplifier in order to be, you know, in the ballpark of what, you know, true tone should sound like. I just go, yeah, yeah, I guess if you can afford it and you, know, you can get those, that's all well and good. But, man, it's kind of the theater of the absurd to an extent. Am I right or am I right?
1: I mean, that's a that's a down payment on a house.
0: Yeah, well, here it's a house.
1: See, yeah, here in here in LA, actually, I lie. It's probably a down payment on a closet <laughs> here in LA. Um, but yeah, I I am a big believer that tone comes from the hands.
0: No doubt. It no doubt does. I mean, I mean, that being said, you know, I as as we've talked about, you know, it's it's fun to get inspired by gear. And and the thing that is, I always tell, like a guy on a stream the other day was going, you know, hey, what's the difference between like a, um, a, a like a a new Les Paul Standard and a um, you know a custom shop R nine? And I said, well. Uh, just don't play them side by side, and you won't have any problems.
1: Ha! Huh, for real, that's a that's <laughs> the perfect answer. Oh, that's the perfect answer.
0: And, you know, if you get the one, you're going to be fine. Hey, this is great. But if you play the other one and know it exists, you're done. Uh, for. You're gonna it's going to be eating at the back of your mind. Or just or, or I said, if you do compare them, just make sure that you don't have that comparison available to you often and then you will acclimate to whatever you can afford and it'll be all fine and dandy but you know there is a difference in a lot of the different stuff um i've played dumble amps and they're cool uh it didn't really make me think i need to do everything i possibly can to to get one um but yeah i mean again if you can afford it and you know that's what you want to do let the good times roll but i just i just think it's i think it's crazy of course you know the old les pauls too are they're great guitars. And um, but you know, three hundred thousand dollars for a guitar is just uh, you know, I guess it's you know, it's gotten to the point where, you know, well, three to a half mil now, right? If we're honest. Right. We get, we're, right. And uh, but again, it, it's become more of a um a piece of art than a tool for making music. And that's right. unfortunate.
1: Cause I was gonna ask you that. I mean, if you had a three hundred thousand dollar guitar, would you be gigging with it regularly?
0: Uh Well, if I had a $300,000 guitar, I probably would, because then I would mean I had so much more money. It probably wouldn't matter. You know what I
1: mean? (laughs) This is true. Very solid point.
0: (laughs) If I had that kind of money to burn on a guitar, I'd be like, well, hell I'm going to use it because there's just more where that came from. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've got a buddy of mine, um, who's uh, made a little bit of money. Doesn't have any kids that that'll get you there. And, um, but he, um, he breeds cats. He's my cat breeder. I, I know that's weird to say. Like I, I got a cat guy, Angela. I got a cat yeah, okay. guy. Okay. All right. And he, um, and he was someone that uh, we our band used to rehearse at his house. My drummer used to. They were roommates back in the day, and we used to rehearse in the basement. And and uh, years went by, and he was a school teacher back then and years went by and somebody was recommending, uh, because I'm really allergic to all animals. And someone's like, Oh, you got to get a Bengal cat. They're so smart. And you know, people who are allergic to animals, they usually aren't allergic to Bengals. I'm like, cool. Well, maybe I'll, I'll check it out. So this guy reached out to me, owns this music store in town. He's like, you should, you should totally get a Bengal. They're unbelievable. I got a guy. And he gives me this guy. And I go, Jim Lubed? you gotta be kidding me. And, uh, so I call this guy up and You know, and we end up buying these cats, which were not inexpensive, I might add. But let the good times roll. We now have beautiful Luna and Bilbo, which songs have been written about and stories elaborated on of these magical beasts. However, it has made Jim a relatively wealthy individual, bless his heart. So he's been buying guitars left, right, and center. And um, he'll just call me up and say, hey. Um, you want to just come over and grab his guitar and just play it for a while. And, you know, he just insures them for what they're, you know, for what they're worth or more, or whatever the case may be. And it's like, okay, just go ahead and do that. And I think, I, you know, there's a lot of guys that do that. I mean, a lot of guys that are collectors that really aren't much players, but they're like, hey, you want to use the guitar? I've got it insured. Just go ahead and play it. And that's, and I can dig that. That's, that's, that's cool to me as opposed to just saying no one could touch it. No one can look at it. It'll remain in my, in my dungeon. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, and it's fun to play those old guitars. Um, you know, ergonomically, you know, especially like with the fluent stuff and, you know, with the, the Reverend guitars, it did, you know, the kind of all the little tweaks I want. And I, I gravitate towards a, um, modern guitar just be, simply because it's tricked out the way that I want it. But, um, you know, I got a 53 tally and I'll bring that sucker out. And, um, and it's, although it does howl like a banshee, people are like, Are you going to put fluences in that? I was like, No, I have fluences in the other guitars. I'm keeping this guitar the way that it is. Even though it howls, if I put any kind of gain on it, the neck pickup is just, Whoo! but man, it sounds so good, clean. It's just, oh, it's, it's a delight. But um, anyway, it's just interesting. The old gear. Yeah. And, and I have thought about. I mean, I don't know how you are about that. I'm just sometimes you'll you'll see an old guitar. Sure, at Norms, you see them all the time. Oh,
1: all the time. Where you're
0: thinking, oh. should I ditch everything I have to get this?
1: I'm such a sentimental person. All of my guitars have a story, and I would hate to just put them all together to buy one. Ah, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Like I, I have an OM twenty-eight V that I I bought um, when I was in college and I just love it. And I have played so many acoustic guitars and I have yet to play one that sounds quite like that one. I don't know what it is. It's so special and has such a special sound. Um, I could never get rid of it. I could never, I can't even think about it, like getting rid of it. I, yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it.
0: I've got a few of those that 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 I'll never get rid of. But have you ever had anything stolen?
1: Knock on wood, I have not.
0: So my not. my main guitar back in the day, my main three thirty five that I had, got stolen. And after that got stolen, I was I was not as um, precious about you know my main guitar. Although I, having said that, there's a good five or so that I'll never sell. You know. That yeah. have that personal attachment of, well, this is the guitar that I used when I sat in with Les Paul, and this is the one I did that record on, and this is the one that I bought, you know, that's a one of all that kind of stuff. So, yes, I it, – but it's interesting. Once you have one stolen, you're a little more like, well, I might get rid of those.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, don't get me wrong. Like, there's definitely some – there's the, you know, there's the really special ones. And there, then there's the ones where – Right. If I had to – right. I could.
0: But, you know, I've got a friend, you know, a, a buddy of mine who's about seven years old than I am. He never went through the phase of, like, going sideways to get other stuff. He has everything he ever had. And you go up into his attic, you know, he's got a studio up there. And he does a lot of music library stuff and whatnot. So he's, you know, he's made a decent living as a musician. So he's never really had been in a position where he, like, had to sell anything. Uh, but, but it's amazing. You're like, oh, this is the guitar I played in high school. And this is it. I'm like, what? So he literally has everything. So there are those people that have everything they ever had, but I, I kind of regret like I sold my 68 telly back in the day and and that kind of stuff. So you're you're doing the right thing, is what I'm saying. You're doing good.
1: Thank you. Thank don't you. be a mutant
0: like <laughs> me who sold stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean to the I have only sold one guitar and that went towards the Les Paul, but I don't miss that guitar. And someone I know owns it now. So it's like, it's still like kind of in the family.
0: Right. You know,
1: and I know it's in good hands. And if I ever wanted to play it again, I could, you know, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Guitars. It never ends. No. Well, listen, I've chatted your ear off for- over an hour here, doggone. It's been so much fun tra- talking with you. So much t- so much fun to actually get to hang out with you a little bit. I
1: know. This flew by. It is. A, thank you so much for having me on here. I'm glad we could finally chat like a, a this. A pleasure. It's,
0: it's been a delight. And uh, hopefully when the pestilence clears, uh, we'll be able to cross paths one of these days. I would oh, be nice. I would love that very much. All right, my friend. We'll take it easy. We'll see you online. You too, Greg. Have All a right, good one. Easy, Thanks Angela. again. You thank too. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to Chewing the Gristle. We certainly do appreciate it. On behalf of Wildwood Guitars of Louisville, Colorado, and our friends at Fishman Transducers, we say, don't be a stranger now. Keep on coming back. We're going to keep on giving her.